Retirement. That's what we're all aiming at, right? But exactly what does that mean? It conjures up visions of endless days of golf, drinks with little umbrellas in them on a tropical beach, feet up, reading a book. Is that what it's all about? I don't think so. Life would get pretty dull after a while without anything meaningful to do, don't you think? I'm Jackie Doucette, and I'm on a mission to discover exactly what life is like beyond retirement. Join me while I chat with people who've already done it, who've retired to something rather than from something. Let's find out together exactly what's waiting for us when we say goodbye to that nine to five. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Beyond Retirement. Today, it's my pleasure to be joined by Leah Sefor. She's South Africa's go-to life and relationship expert. She's well known for being a straight-talking, take-no-prisoners life coach, an author, podcaster, and a speaker whose work is all about what it means to be real. Leah's worked internationally with individuals, couples, and organizations for more than 26 years and also appears regularly on TV and radio as a life, relationships, and communications expert. Welcome, uh, Leah. Thanks for joining me today. Absolute pleasure to be here. Thank you for inviting me. I'm really interested in the kind of things that you're doing, and I hope that uh, the information that you're going to bring is going to be really useful to all of my listeners. I hope so too, and uh, and I think it's a it's a really important podcast that you do addressing really significant issues for people. So I'm really grateful you invited me here today. Oh, wonderful, thank you. Something I really like to do at the beginning is ask my guests how they got into the field that they're in now. So, did you always want to be an expert in life, uh, life and relationships, or was it something that sort of grew out of something else you were doing? So my parents were big uh, facilitators and trainers in the field of personal development work in the 80s, which was very out there and very weird in South Africa, which was a very conservative country during the apartheid years. And I grew up with this very empowered household of, you know, this journey of what it means to be a human being. And, you know, what, what is so mainstream now was really not back then. It was very fringe. So you know, my, you know, people thought my family was a bit strange. So <laughs> I'm very grateful, though, because I literally grew up with this work in my blood. And I've always loved working with people. I actually went into the field of body work for a very long time after I finished school, which was, you know, massage, reflexology, Reiki, all of the energy body work stuff. Um, and this led me naturally into coaching, because even back then, there was no a, a, a title of life coach. This is quite a new concept. So it was definitely working in a very intuitive way with people. Then when it became started becoming a, a, a field to really, uh, you know, qualify, and I did, I went and did all my qualifications in life coaching and through that started specializing with relationships since that seemed to be the big thing that was coming out of all the client sessions that I was engaging in. Um, so, you know, relationships for me is A, your relationship with yourself. You know, if that's not working, then no other relationship is going to work. And then the other big thing around relationships had to do with communication. And, you know, communication became a really big field that I specialized in as well. And then, you know, this year I finally published my first book around that. So I'd say relationships, communication go very hand in hand. And it's relationships of all kinds, not just romantic. It's platonic. It's business. It's family. So, um, So as much as I work across all fields, those really became my specialities. And it's true, relationships are kind of the fundamental 
part of our life. I mean, without a relationship, you've got nothing. You've everything that you do interacting with everyone is a relationship of some sort. And if you haven't got that sorted out, then you're really in trouble. Absolutely. And and nothing's going to shift with any external relationship. And it's very easy to point the fingers outward. Um, But at the end of the day, you are the common denominator in all your sad stories of relationships in your life. So it's got to start with you. So one of the themes I've picked for this season is confidence. And I think Mm -hmm. that it's really important, especially in retirement. And one of the things that I've heard from a lot of people is that they don't want to retire because they don't know what to say when someone says, what do you do? Because saying I used to be X, Y, Z isn't as powerful for them as saying I'm a plumber, I'm a lawyer, I'm whatever. And they, they seem to lose their identity. And I think that it's, it's really important for people to understand that they can be important parts of the world without being attached to their job. And I was wondering if you can talk a little bit about how we can change our thinking and be happy with who we are. It's such a, it's such a big issue for so many people. And it's because we spend our whole working careers identifying with what we do, not with who we are. And we kind of leave our personal stuff at the door and everything becomes about the job title. And even if you go to a party and you meet people for the first time, the first question out of your mouth is, so what do you do? So I understand that kind of, oh, I I don't do anything because it's people will frame a lot of their perception on you uh, about you based on what you do. I don't know if you've noticed, you know, if somebody says, oh, I'm a lawyer or a doctor, it immediately gives them, you know, social standing. And if you say I'm a stay-at-home mom, there's that kind of awkward, oh, oh, okay. You know, we have, we've really got to change this perception in, in, in society of what we feel is, is value um, jobs and non-value jobs. And I do think a huge amount of that has changed through COVID with a lot of people having to step away from the office, needing to step away from the, the ego that is their job title in front of colleagues and being at home and realizing that there's far more to to life than your job. So I think that the, 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 the positive that has come out of COVID has really been people reframing what this whole thing means around, you know, your job title. But just because you are no longer in the job doesn't mean that all the skill and all the experience that you had from the 30, 40, however many years you've worked in that job have just disappeared overnight. And I think it's what's reframing is that you were in service to a company or you were in service to a select group of clients. Now in retirement, you get to be of service to humanity in general and still spreading this amazing experience and know-how that you have that you just cannot get from a book, but in far more public ways that, that is social media. And I know that social media can be quite daunting for people in retirement, but it's, it's most platforms are very easy to use. And I promise that you have got skill sets that, that younger generations really need. And you can become an amazing mentor, an amazing guide, an amazing teacher through blog posts, through creating videos, through podcasts of sharing this information, um, which was just only available to a few people when you were employed. So, so your world becomes much bigger. And, and now it's about who you are with the skill set versus what you do. So if you're, if I'm sitting here and I'm saying, well, wow, I used to be a doctor and now I've got 
all this knowledge behind me and I've got no way to show anybody that, that it's something that's of value to them. How would I go about doing that at the start? I, yes, I've got social media out there. I can start posting things on Facebook or I could start a blog, but who's going to listen to that as someone who has been behind the scenes all their life when you've got no authority really, you, or you feel that you've got no authority. See, this is the power of social media is that you don't need authority to have a message and anyone can put a skill out there and a knowledge base out there. And I'm seeing it a lot, especially on um, video platforms like Instagram or, or TikTok or YouTube is, you know, this is, uh, I've been a doctor for 30 years and this is some things I can tell you about what it means, like how to choose your doctor. You know, what is it? When do you need to see doctors? What is typical great medical advice that I could give you around ABC? You know, especially out of COVID, there's been a lot of misinformation out there. And a lot of people have come out of retirement to say, okay, I need to give you the basics. Do you even understand how your immune system works? Do you even understand, you know, what is going on behind the scenes? Let me educate you on stuff that your actual doctor probably wouldn't have the time to do because you've got a half an hour or 45 minute appointment with them. And there's so much more knowledge you need to know about the human body. And it could be in fun facts. Did you know this about how many bones? Did you know this is how your digestive system works? It's, it's, there's, people are, are really misinformed. We're using the example of being a doctor here about that. We've seen it through COVID, the misinformation. So, you know, you start with a video and if nobody watches it, nobody watches it. But at the end of the day, you are the one creating a diary of your life. You are creating a catalog of your experiences. Share it with your friends and family. Tell everybody that you're starting this. They're going to share it on. And I promise you, I really promise you, there is a niche for every single thing on planet earth. If social media has taught us this, it doesn't matter what your thing is, somebody out there wants to hear it. So don't I think the thing of course, having self-confidence in retirement is you've really got to stop worrying what other people think. You have been so externally focused through your career. Is my boss happy with me? Are my clients happy with me? You know, am I doing this right for them? You know, is, is this going to affect my persona, my brand? You're not in that place anymore. So you don't have to please a single human being outside of yourself. You, you get the right as a retiree to be as totally unreasonable as you want to be in the world, because, you know, so what, what's the worst that can happen? You can't be fired. You know, you're not <laughs> going to lose your job. So, you know, take a few risks and go, well, you know, now I get to have fun and put my knowledge and my stuff out there. That's an amazing point of view that, that I think a lot of people forget about is that they don't have to do it for someone else anymore. They can do it for themselves and yeah. looking inward to see what it is you want to do is the whole point of my show is trying to, say, hey, what have you always wanted to do? And now you've got a chance to do it. And if you've been doing something for 20, 30, 40 years, you're probably pretty good at it and you can share that easily. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and there's there's always someone, it doesn't matter what what your job was or what your expertise was, there is somebody else in that job and there is somebody else apprenticing in that field. And some of your knowledge could really help them. Because, you know, really, honestly, when you start in a career, it's very rare that people truly mentor newbies, you know, they don't have the time to really sit down and really nurture and mentor the new ones. So where are these young kids who are entering the workforce actually getting their knowledge base from? 
Uh, and, and this is where retirees come in. So, uh, you know, um, here I remember there was this amazing movement. We had a, a retirement, have a retirement home here in Johannesburg, which is, it was specifically for teachers. It was for ex-educators. And so it was a retirement community facility that was built for these educators. So here you've got this collection of these incredible minds and they retired. But, you know, we have a lot of uh, problems with the education system in South Africa and a lot of undeveloped um, school systems and a lot of unqualified teachers. So they started partnering with schools where the bus would bring the kids to the hall at the retirement home and they would get after school tutoring for free by these amazing retirees who have this incredible knowledge base and education. You know, they were retired. They didn't need the money. They were living their life, but they were bored. They'd lived their whole life in service and now they're completely bored. And then on the other end, you've got these young children who are so desperate for knowledge and they're not getting it anywhere and they can't afford private tutors. So this amazing partnership developed of let's bring these sectors together so that both can win. Um, and, I, and I just loved, I loved that of, of how you can continue to be of huge service even after retirement. That is an amazing idea. I it would be a good thing to have just about anywhere. I think it doesn't matter yeah. where you are. The, the schooling is not necessarily good enough. Yeah. And, and general life skills. I feel like life skills are, are disappearing. I think, you know, kids don't know how to knit. They don't know how to crochet. They don't know how to bake. They don't know how to change a tire on a car. They don't know how to change a plug. You know, basic things you need to know for life are being lost. I don't know about other education systems, but I know, you know, when I was at school, we had home economics and that was the yeah. subject where you, you learned that stuff that doesn't exist in many schools anymore. So I, I feel that there's just these basic life skills are disappearing. And I, I don't know his name, but I remember there was that podcast that went viral through lockdown from a man who started teaching his lessons were for young men who weren't raised with fathers on how to do basic things. And his first video was how to do a tie. How do you tie a tie? It went viral, like millions of views of these young boys that nobody had ever taught them how to do a tie. And he did a very, you know, exactly. How do you change a tie? How do you iron a shirt for a job interview? You know, people start thinking that if you've got to be relevant on social media, you need these really big, profound ideas. You don't. The basics are disappearing. And that's where I feel retirees play a huge role in keeping that stuff alive generation after generation. That's, I wouldn't have thought of that myself, actually. Teach someone how to iron a shirt, that's important. I, nobody irons shirts anymore. You find them on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, basic life skills. So I think that, I think people I, I work with in retirement feel extremely um, threatened, maybe not threatened is the wrong word, but very overwhelmed and intimidated maybe by technology. Yes. by social media, by the way the world is moving. And, the, and a very common phrase I hear with the retirees I work with is, well, you know, um, but they don't need me anymore. But they don't need that anymore because they can just get it online. And I think you're really overestimating how much stuff people can get online. It's, it's people are looking still for a huge amount of content and connection in that content. And, and a young boy is not going to go online to his friends to say, hey, I've got a job interview and I don't know how to tie a tie because he doesn't want to look stupid. He doesn't want to be laughed at. But when there are elder mentors that can just put this information out there, um, it's, it's, they're going to get a massive following because people really want this information but can't actually find it. 
So don't let, you know, learn technology in a way that's, uh, most of these platforms have been designed in such a user-friendly way. They're not scary. And, you know, nothing better than asking your grandkids to teach you how to use social media. It's like, that's how they connect. That's their world. So instead of feeling disconnected from them because of it, invite them into you and say, I'd really love to, you know, my father just turned 80. Um, you know, I've been a writer for many, many years. And he said to me, like, I'd really love to start a blog just because I've got so many wonderful stories from my childhood and so many things that have happened in my life. And I'd love to share those. So we went through a day of teaching him how to do a blog online. And this became like his new hobby and, and amazing how many people started reading his stuff. So ask your grandkids to teach you and show you the way. I was going to suggest that, that, you know, a lot of people say, Oh, I don't know how, and that's a perfect way to do it. You know, all those mm -hmm. kids that are looking for something, they can show you something too. Absolutely. And you, and the more you do, the more confidence you build in yourself, the more you can get a control of something, the more empowered you feel about yourself. And you want to have greater self-confidence when you retire. I think the first step is definitely physical confidence. I think, you know, you've maybe been sitting behind a desk for 30 years, you know, maybe you've never really worked your body. Um, and physical confidence is something you now have the time to explore. So go and run, go and do your yoga classes, go and learn how to get your body fit, because you're never too old to do that, never. And when you can start getting your eating and your physicality into a sense of strength, there's your physical confidence right there. When you can learn a new skill, like how to do a blog and how to manage a website, there is mental uh, confidence and mental strength there. When you can say, you know, I've never worked with a coach. I've never worked with a therapist. There's a lot of stuff that's happened in my life that I haven't really processed. Let me give it a shot and see what it's like. Then you get some emotional confidence. So confidence gets reached on quite a few levels. And the gift of retiring is that you have a lot of time to explore this stuff. And then you can go from saying, well, I used to be a doctor to I'm a vlogger <laughs> and, Absolutely. and watch people's mouths drop go, wow, you do that. And that's a whole, different, whole different sphere. You know, one of the most transforming books, and I don't know if you've already maybe mentioned this in, in previous episodes, is a phenomenal book called The Hundred Year Life. And, and please do yourself a favor and get this book. So um, it's by Andrew Scott and Linda Grattan. And their whole a focus on this is, you know, we are now in a world where life expectancy is easily going to be reaching 100. And do we still commit to this idea that 65, or I don't know internationally what standard retirement age is, but in South Africa, it's 65. And for me, 65 is the new midlife. You know, exactly. 65 is when you are fit, you're at the top of your game, you've got the best experience, you are you, you're really riding that wave. And now you've got to just pack it all in and go and sit on a beach with a fishing rod and just like disappear. Well, what is that? So they, they approach this whole concept that, you know, this is a huge issue from economics with retirement policies is that retirement policies, if you're living another 40 years after retirement or 30 years, your policy is not enough to keep paying out over that time. So they approach this, this idea of compartmentalizing phases of your life. You know, we used to live the world um, through the world in a very linear way. You go to school, you then go to university, you then meet your mate, you then get married, you have your child, you buy your first home, you get your first car, you get your job, and then you must stay, you know, and, until you retire at 65. Their whole thing is let's break that up and go, you know, there's a period where you are learning 
and studying. Then there's a period where maybe you are adventuring and traveling if you, if you do that gap year. Then there's a period where you are working. Then there's a period after that, which a lot of people when they retire go on to become board members or they go on to become consultants or mentors. So that's a mentorship time frame. But stop seeing that stuff in a linear way. If we can shuffle them around and go, okay, well, I finished my first work phase and now I'm 65, guess what? I'm going to go back to university and study something else. I'm going to go and learn a new skill in a completely different direction of what I've always wanted to do. Then I'm going to travel a bit because now I'm retired and I'm tired of getting up at five every morning for my job. And I'm going to sit on a beach for three months and just relax. And then maybe I'll do some mentoring and then maybe I'll start a whole new career. And I'm seeing a huge resurgence of this, of people going into their second or third careers after retirement that have nothing to do with their first careers. Uh, and it's a very exciting concept when you can get that. So again, it's called The 100-Year Life um, and, and, there's, and it's a fantastic book to read. I'll make sure that that goes in the show notes so people can find it. Thank yeah. you. That sounds wonderful. It sounds exactly like the way life should be, I think. Yeah. Because there's just yeah. so many different things that we can be doing. We can't just close a door and say we're done now. And I feel that, you know, my, my, my feeling with a lot of people is that what they studied at university was what their parents wanted them to study. It wasn't really what they wanted for themselves. And you studied it, you got the qualification, you went and did the job, you got the t-shirt. Now it's time to revisit your 18-year-old self and go, well, what at that time did I really want to do with my life? And now that I have maybe the money, the experience, the life know-how, I can maybe reactivate that and, and see what that is. Because it is never too late to have a second career. Never. That's a really good message, I think. Uh, that's something that I try to, uh, to push into people that I talk with, that uh, what, you, what you are doing and what you wanted to do can be 180 degrees apart. And we spend all of our adult life, in my opinion, pushing down our imagination and, and you know, quelling the, oh, I really want to do that feeling that you had as a kid. And you know, once you're done all those important things that you had to do, now's the time to dig that imagination back out again and see what it was that you really wanted to do. And that's uh, what you're saying. That's it, it exactly, perfectly aligned. And I think for a lot of people, they, you know, look, when, when we go through life, we do occupy different roles at different times of our life. And when you become a parent, you now step into the parental, responsible, predictable, safe, you know, reliable mindset. That is where you stay as a parent. And that mindset is not conducive to risk-taking behavior. That mindset is not about getting out of your comfort zone. Everything about parenting mindset is staying in the comfort zone because then we are safe and then, like, you know, we are protected. So, you know, you can either use the empty nest years, and I'm talking to maybe younger people here who haven't quite retired, but either as a scary time or as a total time of liberation to go, well, you know, the comfort years are done. I've, I've birthed my child into the world. And now I get to step out of that parent persona into reminding myself who I actually was before I had a child. 
And what were the dreams that I had? And what did I want to do? And you know, who cares if your kid think your kid thinks you've lost your mind? You know, because all your kids are all going to think you're weird. My child, my daughter thinks I'm completely strange. I don't care. I don't care because I've got to live my life my way. And I don't want to have a, a day of feeling resentful towards my my daughter because of the stuff I felt I had to give up to parent her. And I feel that with retirement comes this, who did you have to be in your job? Who did you have to, what did you have to suck up for a boss? What did you have, what words and truth did you have to swallow for your colleagues and your clients? You know, you are not there anymore. So you now get to really step into that authentic self and In saying that, I want to urge people to also be very selective about who you are surrounding yourself with in retirement. Because if you keep surrounding yourself with the same group and the same friends and the same social circle that was with you around your whole work parenting life, that is the box that they now hold you in. So if you in retirement want to try and step out of that box and do something completely unreasonable or unpredictable, they're all going to get a bit unnerved. What is going on with Jackie? Have you seen what she's wearing lately? What has happened to her? I think she's having a, a you know a retirement crisis, nervous breakdown. What? So people get very freaked out if you start behaving in a new way. And yet it's exactly what you want to do is act in a whole new way and dress the way you want to dress and be who you want to be. But that requires maybe surrounding yourself with a more, more um, you know, supportive support system who give you the space to be that. So you don't feel embarrassed or shy or having to shut down and revert back to your little box to keep everyone else happy. I think that's, uh, that's important that I can relate actually to all of that because I've had a couple of people ask me if I feel like maybe I'm having a, a later midlife crisis because of the things that I want to be doing and, and I'm getting close to finally retiring for the second time. But I retired from the military and took off that uniform and it just completely liberated me. It changed who I was, even though I went back to work for them as a civilian, it's not the same. And I get to be a whole new person and now I get to be a whole new person again. And it's, it is, it's, it's very exciting. And people are looking at me like I'm crazy because of the things I want to do. But I think that's wonderful. I think it's wonderful. And I never use the phrase midlife crisis. I use the phrase midlife awakening because I think it's, I think people hit that wall where they realize that the persona that they have perpetuated for 20, 30 years is just not who they are anymore. And we try and keep ourselves in the same mental, emotional and physical space that we were in, in our supposed heydays of being in our twenties. I would not, you could pay me all the money in the world to be 20 again. And I would say, no, thank you very much, because that is definitely not a time in my life that I would wish to revisit. Uh, it's, it was a, it's, you know, I don't know why we set the bar at that youth phase where physically we are absolutely powerful and in great bodies, but emotionally and mentally, we're nowhere. <laughs> we haven't even begun to know who we are. So we've got to reframe what, you know, the, the heyday is, what is the height of our power at what age? And I'm seeing it in retirees. For me, retirees, it, like you don't know yourself as well as you do by the time you're retired. You know who you are. You know what you want. You know what's not acceptable. You're clearer on your boundaries. And you're good at asking for what you want by this age. Whereas, you know, your 20-year-old self is definitely not there. So I think your, your beautiful journey 
Jackie has been very, as much as outwardly people may be saying, oh, what is going on with her? I think inwardly you don't underestimate how much of a light you are by showing other people how it can be. And people are always scared to take that leap until they can see somebody else doing it. And then they'll go, oh, God, look, she didn't die. Actually, (laughs) she's really happy. That means maybe I could do it too. So never underestimate the power of being a light bearer when moving into new directions. And it just shows other people that it can be done. Oh, that's beautiful. I could continue or listen to you continue this conversation for ages, but I think we're going to have to uh, wrap things up very shortly. I know you've got um, your own website and you've got a few things to offer people there. Can you talk a little bit about what you've got to offer? Absolutely. So my website is leahc4.com. And uh, on there, I have given three freebies. You go onto the freebies page and there is a meditation. There is an ebook about relationships and there is a video on how to stop with the self-sabotage. So there's all free things that you can download. And then you can find all the links for my social media platforms, which is all at Leah C4 across all social media. I have a blog. You can read. I've got a book you can get on Amazon uh, called That's Not What I Meant, The Smart Savvy Guide to Communication. Um, And you can find all the details through my website. That's fabulous. Thank you so much for being with me today, Leah. This has been a a truly eye-opening conversation. And I hope that uh, all the listeners got as much out of it as I know I did. Oh, wonderful. Such Such a gift to be here. Thank you, Jackie. And that's it for this episode of Beyond Retirement. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. I hope you enjoyed it. Are you ready to start rocking your retirement? Head on over to www.beyondretirement.ca forward slash rocking it and sign up to plan out your own roadmap for retirement. Don't wait till it's too late.